you know, where a bunch of families coming into town, it's supposed to be a moment of graciousness, gratefulness, thankfulness. Maybe don't come sell your terrible color street nail stickers. What on earth are you thinking? And you're gonna do that and like, uh, you're gonna ostracize your entire family uh, just to get a free set of those nail stickers, like for yourself? No, 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 Miss Foxhole, Den Mother. You are really misunderstanding this entire situation. It's just like the original Thanksgiving. It's like in reverence to it. So the lady who brings the color street, she's like the Europeans and she's come and colonized and brought them these great things that they wanted that are shiny. So she allows them to use them and do the work for her, which makes them stronger and better and more moral. The Native Americans then take the color street. They go sell it and do work and learn how to work for their living. And then they give the profits back to her. Yeah. And then uh, they get a little bit back. See, it's exactly in the spirit of Thanksgiving, actually. So. <laughs> to me. <laughs> oh, fun. Another example of a Hanbot using her family to sell products and to also pretend like they are the only good mom that exists in the entire face of the planet. This boy right here, he's my inspiration. He inspires me to do more and take those chances so that I can give him everything in this world and more. Wow. I mean, immediately, right off the bat, she's letting you know that you don't love your children as much as she loves hers. So how do you feel about that? Huh? Huh? Yeah, I know, I know. I thought when I had my son that I would never work again or not being able to make friends. Why did you think that? But Arbon was a chance I took to better my health so my son would have a healthy mommy and so we could network and befriend amazing other mommies and their kiddos and all the while being health conscious, having fun, and spreading the word of health. Yeah, it's not like you could volunteer for any of the medical charities donate medical supplies, or even train and study to become a medical professional. No, you're going to help people learn about health through trying to sell them products that personally benefit you. That's not really how, I'm. Mean, yes, our healthcare system is profit-based, but even, even then, it's very abnormal for the individuals to be, unless they're in alternative health, to be profit-based when they're actually trying to promote health. Yeah, I don't think that was your I don't think that was your primary motivation. I'm just going to throw that out there. It's like they take tidbits of good parental advice and then just like morph it and use it for the wrong cause. It's uh, it's very obnoxious. Okay, hold on. I'm going to read that sentence again. <clears throat> We need to take care of ourselves or else our kiddos won't have a good example. My little guy is only four and already says he likes to be healthy and says too much sugar hurts his tummy and makes him feel poopy. LOL. I love my son. Oh my God. Yeah, you're the only. Yeah, like she goes on to say that he's probably just repeating what she says. And yeah, children just absorb the ideology of the family around them and then we'll throw it back at them to try to get approval from the parents. I mean, I did that with my parents. I was like, oh, bad words and songs and rap music's horrible and oh, too many video games, except I played a lot of video games, so that was hypocritical. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm, to, I'm sure that he's absolutely learning from you in a completely unbiased way and that he has 
the desire for health. Yeah, please give me a break. Also, there's no desire for health coming from Arbon. It's just overpriced. I don't even know what their alleged health products are. Because my mom was in Arbonne, but when she was in it, she never actually sold anything. But when she had it for the discount, when she was kidnapping or whatever. No, it's not, that's not kidnapping, but that's some related phenomenon. Um, when she was in Arbonne, they, they were not promoting themselves as having health products. They were basically just cosmetics, I think, back then. But imagine this was a cult. Oh wait, it is. That's what I titled this. I'm just gonna start at the first blue post. I'm nearly always traveling during these. Oh, so literally, imagine that what we're hearing is an exchange between a cult leader and a cult member. Just do that. For what? I'll be hiking Glacier. Good news is you can make one no matter what now. There's this one, then September 15th we have one closer to you, then October 26th we have a major one in Vegas. Does hiking Glacier help your financial and personal future? I'm also gone those weekends. Bruh, y'all really push traveling and then get salty when I'm traveling. I don't know what you want from me. I'm doing just fine with my financial and personal current and future status. Thanks, though. We don't push traveling. Which is weird as a travel MLM to suddenly say you don't push traveling. It's like, oh, so you are all about recruitment then. Got it. You don't even know what this whole thing is that you've been inside of for a year because you refuse to learn. Ooh, you're being selfish with that being said because so many others envy your ability to go and to do more while you hold the key to helping them. Don't be offended by that. I'm only here to raise people up. It's not an argument. What a... Wow, they like do that insult in the beginning but then say it's for their benefit. Oh, and then it's like they realize what they had done. Can I call you? No. No, ma'am, you may not. You may not call me. If you talk to me like that, like that's what you say to me, you're being selfish. And with that being said, blah, blah, blah. Like if you're going to talk to me like... It is remarkable how similar that sounds between, as an exchange between two cult members. That absolutely could play out as being part of an interaction to keep someone in a cult, going to cultic activities, to not do their own thing, live their own life. And the kicker of this is that it's a freaking travel MLM. So we're done with MLM trash, we're gonna go to Chris Offling. And so he was a YouTuber, like I said. He disappeared for a little while as his drug addiction grew and became deeper. Um, but now he is posting videos where he's shockingly honest about it. Here's one of them. I was told growing up and in health class and in school that if I did drugs, I would go crazy and I would die. And the marijuana was terrible for me. And all these things that just are lies, <laughs> flat out lies. So once I did my research when I was a teenager and found out that they were straight up lying to me, just trying to control me because of their anxiety, which is something that I had been suffering from all of my life, I, um, I decided that I was gonna try drugs. Carefully, carefully. I was most interested in psychedelics and weed. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I was experimenting. Um, the, first, the first drug I ever did was weed, and then um, it was... Which is, that's normal. It's usually weed or a pill opiate. DMT, and then mushrooms. And all those were, were amazing. And so that trajectory is not normal. But clearly he was more interested in the psychedelics, and that's less worrying from an addiction perspective. But at the same time, we didn't, he didn't necessarily know that he was predisposed to becoming a drug addict. 
So, but it's also interesting because that's not the first time that I have heard that the rhetoric from the war on drugs or dare or what was heard in public schools in the 1980s, the 1990s, and the 2000s, that drugs will kill you, even weed will kill you. That's not the first time I have heard somebody say that their drug addiction, they used more drugs because they quickly found that everyone was lying to them, and so then they thought drugs were okay. That rhetoric that oversimplifies and demonizes drugs is so dangerous that I truly believe that it has created more addicts not created more addicts, because I kind of feel like they're lying in wait, ready to be triggered, but has allowed addicts to, has probably had more people that were predisposed to addiction to actually interact with drugs than uh, saved people. Because I haven't heard any stories where people were like, I literally just stayed away from everything, I'm totally straight edge, because they told me I was going to die. And here's the last clip. I kind of did it wrong. I, I tried the hard drugs. I tried the really psychoactive drugs, drugs first, and then like addictive drugs later in life once I had problems. But yeah, but yeah, I was always like that, and it, it was never an issue until I was more of a teenager making videos. Then I found, well, I was prescribed Adderall. Adderall. Crystal meth in a freaking pill. That's literally what it is. Um, probably shouldn't say this, but I've tried meth and... Well, while the substances are relatively similar, obviously the crystal part is not true for Adderall, and Adderall is much more pure and safe because it's not made with just ingredients that you're buying off the store in some unsanitary lab and battery acid. It's, it is not made of battery acid, so Adderall is much safer. It's the same thing. It's literally the same thing. It's just one is stronger and cheap. It may have had the same effect for him on for this person, but that doesn't mean that they're the same thing. It's so stupid. I found Adderall for my ADHD, and I started taking a doctor's prescription, and it got me lit. I loved it. I was able to focus and work, and this is really when the addiction started for me, because I would do something, and then I would regret it after, and say I'm not gonna do that again, but then I would do it again. And this kept happening every time I took Adderall. I it's very interesting. I've never heard anybody discuss um, being extremely regretful about like, oh, I make bad decisions when I'm on Adderall. Like, I'm sure it's happened. I've just never heard of it. And sometimes I like, stero personally, steroids are my favorite drugs. Not that I like go out and get them, but when the one time I was prescribed them, I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, all my depression symptoms are gone. Obviously, it's temporary. I know that it would wear off. But because my depression is so severe, when I experienced something that lifted all my symptoms, I naturally could, was at risk for an addiction. Now, luckily, I didn't pursue steroids in, in a, any other way to try to get steroids after my course was done. But that doesn't mean that it could not have happened. And it doesn't mean that if I'm prescribed steroids in the future, it doesn't mean that may not happen. Now, steroids are not necessarily one of the most common drugs of um, abuse, but for this particular depression sufferer, steroids seem to be the answer to all my problems, and that's exactly why they're dangerous. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening. I'm Jacob Music. This is Voice of the Revolution Radio. You're listening on SoundCloud or podcasts, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.